everyone and welcome back to the next episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. And this is going to be the first of two kind of special edition episodes, one kind of end of year focused and one beginning of the next year focused. So these are going to kind of abandon the usual structure we have and we're just going to really focus in on some end of year, new year topics. So this episode is going to be all about 2020 favourites. Woo! I'm so excited about this. I have been doing monthly favourites on my YouTube channel for the like latter half of this year and it just makes me so happy because I feel like it's a great opportunity to reflect on some of the smaller things that have brought you joy, which at a time like the one that we're currently in mm, is just definitely. all the more important. And I think, you know, although it's been a difficult year, there have been some really wonderful things, at least in my experience. And this is going to be just a fun opportunity to chat about them and hopefully give you some fun things that we recommend that you try or watch or read or enjoy (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're filming this or recording this I always say filming uh, on a Sunday afternoon and we actually had some pretty traumatic news in the UK yesterday about Christmas restrictions and the southern tier restrictions and we just want to say that if you are affected by those as we know so many people are then we are sending you a lot of love right now yeah thinking of you all and i hope that this episode and this podcast in general can just give you a little snippet of some joy and community and just something to distract you from what is obviously a really difficult time yeah and if you are having an extended period of time where you need to fill it now we can pr- we can provide some recommendations for books, podcasts, TV in this episode that might be of use to you. Yes, definitely. So with that in mind, shall we jump straight into it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I think we'll kick it off with books because we both love books, obviously. So is there a standout favourite book of the year for you? Okay, so my standout book of the year, I think you'll already know what it is. And I'm actually not going to dwell... <laughs> there's two. I have two standout books. Um, I'm not going to dwell too much on the fiction one because... We actually talked a lot about it last week. And so my favourite book of the year, fiction-wise, was Writers and Lovers by Lily King, which is... Yeah. It's like a contemporary literary fiction, would you say that's right? About a young woman who is a writer and she is dealing with grief, both in heartbreak form and she's also lost her mother. And it's about her finding her way as a writer, as a person, in platonic relationships and romantic relationships. I just really loved it. It came at the right time for me and I just fell in love with the writing and the characters and I just loved it so that is my first kind of bookish favorite but I'm not going to dwell too much on that because we did do a deep dive into it last week but I actually one of my new year's resolutions last year was to read more non-fiction this year and actually slowly but surely it's become I would say my second favourite, probably Tide. I would say romance and non-fiction are now my top two <gasps> genres. What a plot twist. Wow. It's definitely been an effective New Year's resolution. And so my other favourite book of the year is actually Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. I've become a little bit of a Dolly Alderton obsessive in 2020. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The Hilo podcast, her Agony Ant column in The Times, I think it is. And also her non-fiction book, Everything I Know About Love, her fiction book, I'm just a bit of a Dolly Alderton fan, but her non-fiction book, her memoir, is all about her experiences in her 20s, everything she's learned about love, about life, about friendship, family, it's just, it's a great book to read if you're in your 20s and want to feel understood. I'll definitely add that to my list because I haven't actually consumed anything by Dolly Alderton. Oh, wow. She is someone whose, like, name just comes up everywhere. And it's one of those things that I've been meaning to get around to, but just haven't. But I definitely will add, I think, probably her fiction book to my list first, just because I generally read more fiction. But hey, you never know, 2021 might be the year that I get into nonfiction as well. See, I actually think you would like her nonfiction more. I don't think you'll click with her fiction. Oh, okay, right, okay, I'm going to take your word for it. Just because the topic of ghosts, and if anyone that doesn't know, ghosts is the name of her fiction book, which came out after her non-fiction. Um, It's all about being ghosted and being a millennial dater, and I just feel like you will take more away from the non-fiction, from everything I know about love. okay. All right, I'm going to take your word for it, and I'm going to read that one. I think it's... I will get myself a copy. It's a great beginner's non-fiction choice. I'd say that's the first non-fiction I read this year, and now all I can... I just can't stop reading it. I'm obsessed with memoirs. So yeah, they are my bookish favourites. What about you? Okay, well, I actually have two. And 
funnily enough, one is actually a memoir, so really, it was oh, I, I know it's going to be stuck with me. I know. It's so gonna I'll be. say that one first because I feel like that's the most surprising, and it was educated by Tara Westover. It is an incredible story of a girl who was brought up by an extremely religious family somewhere in like sort of middle America, and basically her family are preppers. They are like preparing for the end of days, and her and some of her siblings were not even registered because the family mistrust the government so much. So it's a story basically of Tara moving away from her religious upbringing and sort of going through the process of both formal and personal education as she grows, understands the world and comes to form her own worldview that is somewhere between the worldview that has been shaped by her parents and her upbringing and then the view that she comes to learn through her formal education. And it is such a powerful story because obviously as a reader who at least from my own perspective I wasn't brought up in a cult-like setting so like (laughs) it does feel very alien and yet you do come to understand that her parents although they do neglect her and are in many ways abusive are doing it from a place of complete misguidance on their own part and you just see how education is so important for avoiding these topics and so you both despise but also feel a lot of empathy for her parents because of the situation that they're going through and it's just such a tricky situation quite an emotional book and it was just incredible so I'd highly recommend it because it's just so so impactful I actually have it on my shelf I just never read it this can be my motivation motivation honestly like so incredible and I think seeing as you just said you love memoirs you will definitely enjoy that because it's so wild some of the experiences that she had that it often feels like it is a fiction but then you know that it's not it's actually something that happened to someone which is just bizarre but that is my first recommendation and favorite just diving in there just interrupting to say that that is my ideal type of memoir where it reads like fiction you definitely need to read from the corner of the oval office by Beck Dory Stein I think you'd love it Okay, all right, I'm adding that to my list as well, but yeah, it's, um, I think that's what I look for as well, because it's non-fiction, it doesn't really feel like non-fiction, it doesn't feel educational, but it is impactful and kind of like transformative in terms of building your own personal worldview, so really, really, really love that one. And then the fiction book that I loved, it was really hard for me to narrow this down because I've read some incredible books this year, but the one that I have read twice this year and absolutely love is Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. I also read Normal People twice this year as well but when push comes to shove I do prefer Conversations with Friends just a little bit more but they're both incredible. Um, Conversations with Friends is a book where we follow Frances who is a student at Trinity College Dublin which is kind of like Sally Rooney's setting where all of her books seem to take place Um, and she is basically like best friends with a girl who she used to be in a romantic relationship with and they're kind of still really close and then together they meet a woman called Melissa who is a journalist who invites them to her house to basically write a piece on them because they perform spoken word poetry and then from there they meet Melissa's husband Nick and this kind of is the start of a really messy relationship square where all four of these people become involved with each other in one way or another not necessarily all romantically but there are just so many crossovers of relationships and I think what this book really does is explore how relationships all impact each other and how the experiences you have with one person in your life will impact the way that you then respond and react to other people and how everything is so interconnected and it really does just explore love in all of its facets and I think it's just a really incredible story. I think it's really well written. I also have read Normal People and Conversations with Friends. Didn't click so much with Normal People the book but Conversations with Friends flew through it and it is also in my top 10. Yeah, it was just so good. And I think if you struggled with normal people, although I absolutely love both and they're pretty much my top two books of the year, if you struggled with normal people because it isn't necessarily like a linear story, then I think Conversations with Friends, which is more of a classic novel where you follow characters through just like a particular arc rather than coming in and out of their lives, which is what you get in normal people. Normal people, I think, is just kind of like windows into various instances of two people's lives whereas conversations with friends is like a full fleshed out story where you follow Francis on a journey and it feels a lot more 
engaging and I think it's easier to connect with the characters because you have the opportunity to get to know them better. Yeah I agree with that. I think one thing you can definitely say about Sally Rooney is that she creates the most intricate of characters and characters that I think it's it's not often that you read from the perspective of the protagonist and they can be both quite clearly flawed and also characters that you love. Usually it's a different character in the book where you can spot their flaws very yeah. easily and it's not so often the narrator. But I think she creates these really intricate characters, intricate protagonists that you can acknowledge their flaws at the same time as being very invested in them and rooting for them as well. And I think that's a real talent. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, I thought maybe you could just like ignore my sneeze and just continue because that was a really intelligent exploration of Sally Rooney. But I do completely agree. She is just so talented. And I think from what I sort of understand from her interviews, she's like maybe quite like a self-critical person. Um, and is obviously very highly educated, really intelligent. And I think her maybe like self-reflection is mirrored in the way that she writes her characters in that she doesn't want to create characters who are like characters. She wants to create characters who are like people. people. Yeah. And that is just so good. She really does have a talent for that. It's incredible. So love Sally Rooney. <laughs> I feel like that is your biggest character trait. That is like what I associate you with. <laughs> I sh- I've just like kickstarted the Sally Rooney fan club. I love her so much. It's incredible. What a year 2020 has been, but it brought me Sally Rooney, so I can't really. <laughs> I hope someone can't really complain. <laughs> I hope someone speaks about me the way you speak about Sally Rooney one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, with that in mind, shall we talk about favorite TV shows slash movies? Because I know at least for me, there's going to be a slight crossover with uh, uh, yeah, the theme yeah. that we've just discussed. We decided okay. to uh, hybrid this category because honestly, I can't remember a single movie I've watched. Like I literally can't. I'm just such not a movie person, <laughs> but I know what yeah, we're both going to say for TV. <laughs> in fact, okay, in yeah. fact, I think our TV. I I've got two TV shows in mind, and I honestly feel like we could have a, an exact match. I don't think we are gonna just based on recent conversations. I know one of us, one of them is gonna be a match, but I don't know what your second one is gonna be. And I'm now worrying that I've like left something important out of my list. Okay, no. Okay, well we'll just we'll just go with it. But I I think once I say it, you'll be like, oh that that's an obvious one. Yeah, I'm like I'm worried now. Like, what have I left off of my list that's so important? But anyway, <laughs> let's say the one that will. I, I th- let's say the one that we both are definitely gonna say. Should we say it on the count of three? Okay. <laughs> Three, Three, two, two one. one. Normal, Normal people. people. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were both going to say that. Yeah, it was just, that was incredible. I struggle to decide generally between TV shows and books. I know a lot of people are like, books are always better. But I just mm. think it's so incredible to see a book brought to life on screen and see like which bits the filmmakers or TV show makers have taken from it, how they've interpreted it and brought it to life. And actually in the case of normal people, it was a much more coherent story in TV format. Completely agree. And the way that it was brought to life visually was just so beautiful. The aesthetic was incredible. The music choices, top notch. And just obviously the two main actors, Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Meskel were like, amazing perfect choices and it's just so good like so good yeah I read the book normal people first in was it April that I read that Kira sent it to me for a reading I think it was yeah and I wasn't that impressed by the book then I watched the series and the series just completely blew my mind I watched it I think the entirety of it in a day or a day and a half I just just... could not stop watching it. I think the casting was spot on. Marianne and Connell were just cast beautifully. I agree with you completely. The production of it, the bits that they chose to focus on, I think the kind of focus, because obviously there was a lot of discussion. We can't ignore the amount of discussion there was about this being a very openly sexual program as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it did that in a really healthy and positive way too, which is always, you know, something we're rooting for the way forward. And I just feel like every aspect of it was so well thought out, so well brought to life. And as you say, Paul and Daisy, I say that like they're my friends. Paul and Daisy. Yeah, (laughs) best friends, Paul and Daisy. (laughs) Yep, casual. (laughs) They brought it to life in a way that I don't think anyone else could have done. And since then, I know that 
I would go back and read Normal People and have newfound appreciation of it just because of that watching was, the yeah, TV show. That was my experience. I loved Normal People. I read Normal People in January of 2020. Then obviously the show came out at the end of April, beginning of May, and then I reread it with my friend Carolyn, who is also a big fan of Sally Rooney, and we reread that together in June, and I appreciated it even more the second time around and recognised different bits that had been picked out in the show, and it just really brought it to life. I also, going back to the casting, think that the fact that the two main actors were relatively unknown was so important for this show in the sense that like I think if it would have been a really popular or famous actor or actress then it would have kind of like taken away slightly from the immersion but because I didn't really recognize the actors and they weren't people who'd been in something big before it really meant that you could see them completely as Marianne and Connell which added to it so so much for me. Yeah I agree with you there I definitely think that choosing two people who weren't tied to any other previous roles and could fully become Marianne and Connell was just such a great choice and I just think in general like going back to the book because I know that it's one of your favorites of the year even if it isn't mine what I did appreciate about the whole normal people book tv show saga spoiler alert if you haven't seen it just fast forward 30 seconds or so (laughs) is that I think it's really important that we have literature and we have tv that talks very realistically about the relationships we have in our lives not every relationship is going to last forever but that does not mean that it doesn't have value and that it hasn't added something to your life in a way that a different person couldn't have. And I think that's what I took away from normal people, even if I didn't click necessarily with the book in every single way. Yeah. I think it's really important that we have books that acknowledge that because that is a massive part of life. Yeah. Even if you, like everyone, like people might end up with one person, but there's going to be loads of people that came before that that impacted your life. And I think telling the stories of those moments and those people and those experiences is really cool. And I'm really glad that Sally Rooney did that. Yeah, and I think that kind of comes back into what we were talking about with conversations with friends as well, because again, that's kind of delving into the way that each relationship does affect you and affects how you respond to future relationships. And I think that's something that she does really well in all of her works. And I think she was quite heavily attached to the TV show and was involved in the production, did some of the writing for it and stuff. And so it obviously came to life in such an incredible way. And I will mention now, there's no date specifically announced yet, but they are also making a TV adaptation of Conversations with Friends. Are which they? It's going to be. Yeah, I'm so excited about oh. it. So that's something to look forward to. What was your second? Definitely. What okay, was your so second show? Yeah. Second TV show. I, okay, the reason this might not be on your list is because I didn't discover it until this year. Okay. And it is... Made in Chelsea. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, that is so good. But yeah, Made in Chelsea has been in my life for many a year, so that's not quite on my favourites for this year. I feel like it just saved lockdown for me. Like, I've never really been a reality TV show kind of person, and it really took me... If anyone that doesn't know what Made in Chelsea is, it's basically a reality TV show about people that live in Chelsea in London, and it just follows the scandals of their lives. And it is so, like silly but I just absolutely love it it did take me a while to get my head around the fact that is it real is it scripted but I think once you lose the obsession with that factor of it and just you like let yourself be immersed in the made in Chelsea world yeah then you're home I know that's the thing it doesn't matter to me whether it's real or not I'm just gonna like pretend that it is but like either way it's fun to watch and it's just so dramatic I also think because they are like super posh and all like really rich and fancy it kind of makes you feel as if you're watching something that's slightly elevated from reality tv even though it's not it is reality tv but it kind of makes you feel like you're fancy while you're watching it even though obviously I'm watching it in my pajamas and like (laughs) it would (laughs) never be on Made in Chelsea obviously but it's still gives you that vibe yeah it's like a whole other world and I just I follow them all on Instagram it's a really nice little escape from real life because as you say the Chelsea lifestyle doesn't feel like real life and also whilst we're talking about programs which saved 2020 and saved lockdown I'd like to give an honorary honorary honorable Honorable mention mention to Gogglebox because I was gonna be like where's Gogglebox Gogglebox it's it's an all-time fave yeah (laughs) um yeah Gogglebox is just something special I love it it's just so so fun it's just nice because they are just like literally real people just like you watching tv reacting it's just fun yeah i was watching a um not watching reading an article about where all the gogglebox stars are now <laughs> and you know it's a really interesting article i was shook send me the link <laughs> yeah there's like some that are in prison 
Who? I can't remember the name, but he was the son in one of the families. Oh. I'll send you the article. Okay, yeah. But I was shook. I really was. I'm hooked. I'm already hooked. <laughs> what was your second TV show? And my second TV show is one that I'm really like apologetic for mentioning because I feel like everyone's oh, going to be... Crown? <laughs> Thanks for giving it away. <laughs> but yeah, it's one that I've been talking about a lot recently. It's kind of funny. Um, Normal People was the show that I kind of turned to in the first lockdown. And then The Crown was a show that I came to in the second lockdown. But both are so incredible. But The Crown is obviously the story of the royal family in the UK. Starts in... They're like 19-somethings, 30s, 40s, <laughs> something or other. When Queen Elizabeth II was crowned and like when she became queen and then it follows her right through until we're currently in like the 80s when Charles and Diana are married. So you follow them over quite a large span of time and it's just really interesting. I know that there's been calls for Netflix to announce that it is fiction but again, kind of like Made in Chelsea, I don't really care if it's fiction or not. I'm watching it for a good time. So, like, it's just really interesting. And <laughs> here for a good the, time. I love it. <laughs> but the casting, again, is so incredible. It's um, so cool. And also, like, the thing with The Crown they do is that their casts are in it for two seasons. So, the first two seasons are kind of like young Queen Elizabeth, young Prince Philip, all of that kind of stuff. And then in the latter two seasons they've kind of aged them up and you've got an older actors and sort of shown that development and they've done two seasons the next one that will be out I think it's not out now until 2022 but that one will be like the next generation showing them even older so it is really interesting that they've kind of chosen to do it that way and I think it works really well. I definitely need to give it a watch just something's holding me back and I don't know why I think it's that I don't really like the royals like isn't a thing it's not like i hate the royals it's just not a thing that i gravitate towards saying more about it's literally yeah. only tiktok that made me want to watch it and it, thank god for tiktok because they changed my life because i'm not like at all invested in the royals i'm very ambivalent about it but this is obviously dramatized versions of the real royal family and it's yeah. made to be an interesting tv show so it's like all the best bits put into one and like all the history it's interesting as well because obviously all the things that happened for like queen elizabeth and stuff i was not alive then i wasn't i've not been alive mm. for any of the seasons yet so it's like <laughs> you know it's interesting to learn about things that i wouldn't have come across whereas i'm not so sure that i would be as interested to know like to watch yeah. dramatized versions of like harry and megan or something because like we've seen the real thing oh, see, I play think out I would be more interested to ah, watch that okay maybe because like history is just not it's not again it's not that I don't care about history I think it's very important <laughs> but when I go for tv I think I go more for like contemporary things yeah no see I, I do yeah. quite like a period drama which kind of brings me on to my favorite film Ooh. of the year there's just one I want to talk about and that is the new movie adaptation of Emma by Jane Austen, which came out in February, and it was incredible. Emma is obviously an Austen novel, but it's her comedy, and it really is quite a funny period drama. There is a really incredible cast behind it, and I just absolutely loved it. And there is also an actor in The Crown who plays Prince Charles, who is also in the Emma movie adaptation, playing a priest called Mr. Elton, and he is just incredible, so absolutely loved that. So Emma is great, and if you like period dramas, then I would definitely recommend it. If not, then potentially not, so maybe not for you, Emma. <laughs> yeah no period dramas aren't my thing my old flatmate uh watched that one and absolutely loved it and she loves anything period drama-esque so yeah I think if you're that type of person you're gonna like Emma I'm just yeah. not that type of person <laughs> which is fine <laughs> yeah I don't have any standout movies I feel like I feel like movies aren't something I gravitate towards I always go for tv and since I feel like because we've not been able to go to the cinema this year I can't remember any movies mm. I've watched I can only ever remember what I've watched in the cinema yeah that's true and I can't remember what I've watched on Netflix so therefore no movies I'm just gonna give you Made in Chelsea and I'm gonna normal give you normal people oh normal people <laughs> I've also just absolutely obsessively watched The Wilds <gasps> Ooh, on Amazon Prime. I've seen the Have adverts seen for it but I've not watched it yet it is incredible i've got two episodes left i've watched the first eight hours of it in less okay. than a day wow <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing it's about eight girls who are on a plane on their way to like a women's retreat in hawaii and the plane goes down and they wake up and they're stranded on this desert island or not i don't know if it's a is it a de does it have to be a desert to be a desert <laughs> island or does desert oh, mean deserted I, that's such a good <laughs> question and i've never even thought about that before 
I mean, I've literally got no idea. I don't have the it's answer. It's probably a stupid question, and we've both just exposed ourselves. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so they find themselves on an island. And with each episode, you follow a different girl post-rescue when they're talking about the events that happened on this island, and it becomes evident that it wasn't an accident that the plane went down. It is so good my jaw has just dropped i'm like wow i need to watch that that's definitely going on my christmas watch list while i've got more time to watch tv shows i would highly recommend it it's got that like thriller-esque anticipation Mm. whilst also being a tv show that explores the problems that each teenage girl had going on in their lives prior to getting on the plane and i think anything that like draws attention to the fact that teenage girls' lives can really be quite complicated. I feel like there's a lot of criticism yeah. against teenage girls, but life can be quite complicated. I feel like it balances those things really well. Like, oh, it's very good. Would highly recommend. Sounds it. I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah. So that brings our TV show section, TV show slash movie, slash one movie section <laughs> to a close. Uh, and let's talk about podcasts next. Since we are a podcast, what is your favourite podcast of the year? My favourite podcast of the year is one called We Can't Talk About That Right Now, which is hosted by a sister duo, Jessie and BB Cave. Jessie Cave is, for anyone who has watched Harry Potter, the actress that played Lavender Brown in the Harry Potter movies. Um, And then her younger sister, BB, is also an actress, though I've not seen her in anything. But they are hilarious together. They essentially just, like, chat through episodes. It's not really, like, a super themed podcast they kind of just have discussions they're very like snappy with each other and like a little bit angry but in like a really funny way and just like they've got this really antagonistic relationship but it it just comes across so so funny and like I don't really listen to many like funny podcasts generally speaking but this one never fails to make me laugh and I absolutely love it they also upload the episodes recorded to YouTube as well which is really fun so you can watch them oh that's like that and I just love it it's great yeah that sounds really good. I've never even heard of it. I've never heard you mention it either. Oh, I feel like I it was one that I came across towards like autumn time oh, right, okay. um, and kind of got into like in the latter half of this year, but it is just really, really good. I love it when you find a podcast and you just want to w- listen to all of their backlist. That is my favourite thing. Yeah, it's so good. One of my standouts of the year, which to be honest, I think I was probably listening to it at the end of 2019, but it saved me during lockdown, is Table Manners by Jessie and Lenny Ware. I absolutely oh. love Table Manners. And Jessie Ware is actually a British singer and Lenny is her mum. And they started a podcast where they invite guests on to talk about food and life and everything that's going on in that person's life. And they've had some really interesting guests. Have you ever listened to Table Manners? I haven't, but now that you've just like explained that concept, that sounds like exactly the kind of thing that I would love because my other favourite podcast that I've not mentioned here because it's one that I've been listening to for a good few years now is um, (laughs) Talking Talking Taste Buds. Yeah, Talking Taste Buds. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Um, And that one is like all about food and life and all that kind of stuff and I absolutely love it. So I am literally going to like add that onto my playlist right now as we speak because... It's pretty iconic. They had Ross from Friends on it, <gasps> and he complained that their dessert was too dry. Wow, that is rude. <laughs> I know, I know. They've had some great guests on it, and I really like the dynamic between mother and daughter. I think podcasts are great when the people that host it have a good dynamic between yeah, them. Yeah, so that's why um, I like the sisters for, like, we can't talk about that yeah. right now. They just, like, clearly have the connection and, like, the vibe with each other, and they just bounce so well, so it's really good. Yeah, and I think with family members, so, like, sisters or mother and daughter, like Lenny and Jessie, there are no boundaries, so nothing is off limits yeah. and they can just like rib each other. I really enjoy that. So I've really loved Table Manners and then I think I've mentioned before on this podcast, I really like Katie Bellotti's Thick and Thin. You have, yeah. That one is such a different vibe to Table Manners. Table Manners is what I go for for like a laugh and a pick me up, <laughs> whereas not that I, do, <laughs> I go to Thick and Thin to make myself feel sad. No, that's not. It's more of like a personal journal entry and so it's more what I go for like self-reflection if that makes sense yeah I hear you I feel like I have a different podcast for different moods mm-hmm. and those two I've been listening I don't think I've missed an episode like I love them okay really good well I'm definitely I still <laughs> okay, haven't listened really to Katie good. one like I'm like I still haven't listened to Katie Pilates I'm like really need to get around to it but I'm probably not gonna get around to it before table manners because that yeah. sounds just like my cup of tea a hundred percent she's been doing Katie Pilates doing um vlogmas and i think you'd really like her vlogmas videos i really need i like i don't know what's holding me back like i i just need to get on it start get on it get on the katie bellotti train (laughs) i'm gonna be heartbroken if you don't enjoy i know wouldn't that be devastating (laughs) 
Okay, so I think that was podcasts. So next up, you've kind of just mentioned Vlogmas. So shall we jump into favourite YouTube channels from the year? Yes. I feel like we're also going to have matches on this. Or at least, if, okay. if not matches, then ones that we both watch. If that makes sense. Okay. So you go first. The first one, I feel like, and I feel like I'm stealing it from you. <laughs> Just say it. Noelle Gallagher. Get it out there. Yes, yeah. she's on my list. <laughs> yeah, I knew she would be. I discovered her <laughs> in the first lockdown, I think. Like, um, and I just think she's got such a cool vibe about her. She's just I she's just love cool everything person. about her channel she's a very cool person she way talks, cooler than us yeah yeah <laughs> maybe that's why we both like her <laughs> yeah uh, I love her dog <laughs> I really like the way she does makeup it makes me want to be better at makeup and I just think she talks really <laughs> eloquently about books I yeah I 100% agree I think that she talks about such an incredible range of books as well because yeah. she can talk about romance she also talks a lot about thrillers she is a fellow Stephen King fan and she also then will talk about classics and things because she's studying for like a master's degree I think in literature so like she talks about like the full yeah. range which I really like because I'm someone who I don't like to be like categorized as a romance reader or like a classics reader I like to read everything so it's really nice to see channels that also have that scope she talks about them in such a cool way and she just seems like a really cool person and she just hit 100,000 subscribers so on the off chance that she might be listening to this congratulations Noelle because (laughs) it's so well deserved I like it's been so cool to see her channel like skyrocket this year yeah um because her content is just really really great yeah I completely agree I think she's just got that right balance of being a really welcoming presence on the internet but also taking the time sometimes to say it how it is and to open up really important discussions i saw in Mm -hmm. one of her vlogmases she talked about the stigma against romance readers and i think that's really important to talk about i just think yeah i just think she's a really cool channel so she is one of my favorites and then also i don't know if this will be on your list but i know that you know who she is nana florence oh yeah i do love nana she's not on my list but i love her and actually she should have been because I loved her videos especially through the first lockdown yeah she makes these really aesthetically pleasing videos she's like a lifestyle youtuber and she's a student she's younger than both of us and she goes to Edinburgh University she's vegan which is why I thought all her vegan videos might appeal to you yeah I just really like lifestyle content that's aesthetically pleasing that calls to me so I've really been enjoying her content I just always am like, oh, wish I could film like that, but I just never seem to be able to. But like, it looks. Your videos so... are aesthetic. I yeah, but I just feel like there's something about like there's certain channels who clearly like understand editing yeah. and can like color grade, and they give all the videos like this same like vibe, and it's just top notch. And like she does that so well. And also, yeah, Edinburgh is such a beautiful city, yeah. so her vlogs there are really cool. And. Um, I just think she makes great content, so definitely a good good pick from you. And then the other YouTuber that I had on my list was Morgan from her channel Morgan Long. Morgan also makes really, really aesthetic videos, and she's another person whose channel has like skyrocketed this year. I believe she started her channel last December doing Vlogmas, and she reached a thousand subscribers in like January, and then now she's on like thirty something thousand subscribers. Oh so she's again like grown a lot. And her content is so, so incredible. She is a freelance video editor, I believe, as her, like, day job. And you can really tell that she has such a talent for creativity. Um, And she makes, again, lifestyle videos, but leaning more towards the booktube side of YouTube. So she does make bookish content, but I wouldn't say she is, like, solely a booktuber. She makes a lot of really beautiful vlogs. And she lives in an area of the world that I just desperately want to go to, which is the Pacific Northwest. So she's in like Oregon and it looks so beautiful. And she's just a generally really nice seeming person. Her boyfriend Landon is also in a lot of her videos and together they're just so cute and funny and I just love their vibe. So I absolutely love Morgan's channel. It's so, so good. There's something about Oregon which just really makes me want to go. And the more people I speak to, the more people agree with me. Like, what is it about Oregon? I don't know. There's something about it, though. It's calling my name. The uh, (laughs) the pine trees are just, like, calling my name. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the tagline in the description. (laughs) 
so good but yeah so those are some incredible creators although this has been a year of consuming a lot more content I guess than normal because we've had so much more free time and there have been some amazing youtubers I've been watching so those are just like a highlight reel but really there's just so many incredible people who have been I guess bringing so much joy to people throughout these months so if you have been creating content then you're doing a good job yeah definitely I've been watching a lot of your content didn't want to put it in my list because that's a bit <laughs> cringy when I'm recording this with you but literally yeah, just your vlog like compliment yeah I'm ready for it your vlogmas <laughs> has saved me and also Kira is another youtuber that sprung to fame this year Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. She went, what's no, she, I you went from like 2 like... to 17k in like a month. Well, what happened was, I was like, this time last year, I was on like 600 subscribers. And then I hit like a thousand subscribers in March. By my birthday in May, I'd hit 2,000 subscribers. And then I did a reading vlog, which was reading books from the Rory Gilmore reading list. And it was a Gilmore Girls themed reading vlog. And that video, just for some reason, the YouTube algorithm really liked it and it took off. And I did get to like 15,000 subscribers in like a good like a couple of months it just like went wild and it was so incredible like I just never imagined it happening so it was, it was insane. really cool and I was checking your like, channel stats more often than I checked and wasn't my your, own. was your mum yeah my mum would well, text me say? every day like Kira's on 16k <laughs> but no it was just so crazy because it's like the things that you see happen to other channels and I was like never expected it to happen to mine and it really does kind of show that like it can it just takes one video to do well in the algorithm and so like you just never know it's so unpredictable as youtube but yeah. i am so grateful for literally each and every person that watches any of my videos or now listens to this podcast or anything like that because it's so fun to create content but it's even more fun when other people engage with it so yeah yeah and let's take a moment year. to just appreciate our subscribers because you guys you make creating content even more fun. I feel like, yeah, yes. I would create content regardless, but it is way more fun when people engage and comment and DM on Instagram. It's just, yeah, yeah it makes it's it just so like much you create more a community. Yeah, and I think that's, I think this year in particular, community online has been so important because our in-person communities have been so disrupted by lockdowns and all of the things that have been happening, and so the ability to connect with people and build that sense of community with like-minded people online has just been more important than ever and I am just so grateful for it so yeah me too thanks to anyone listening what a wholesome moment (laughs) I know (laughs) so cute we are cute (laughs) so let's round off the favorites I think we've got one category left and it is music do you want to start off I mean I again feel like we're gonna have a little crossover here (laughs) So I'm generally going to speak about a couple of albums. One of them we just talked about and then the other one was related to this album. And those are both of the albums that Taylor Swift decided to bless us with this year. Folklore, which was her summer release, and then Evermore, the one that came out literally a couple of weeks ago. And they were both just so incredible, so chilled out and lovely and wonderful. Some of my top picks from these albums just to like briefly go over it would be the trio of songs from folklore that are the love triangles we have cardigan betty and august and i also love exile from folklore and then top three from evermore are my new favorite one it was in my top three last time but it's now moved into top spot which is champagne problems i'm also really vibing with tis the damn season and then also evermore so there's my very brief insight into Taylor Swift because uh, <laughs> we did a whole episode on it last week. But yeah, that's been my musical highlight of the year. Yeah, it's been a good it's been a good year to be a Taylor Swift fan. I have to say, if you'd have told me <laughs> last year that we'd get two albums, well, actually, if you'd have told me last year that we'd been in a pandemic, like I wouldn't believe that either. Mm-hmm. If you'd told me anything that happened this year was going to happen this year, I wouldn't have believed you. But definitely, the two Taylor Swift albums was such a highlight of the year. It gave. Well, I was going to say it gave you something to look forward to, but they both happened like overnight. So it just gave you something to immerse yourself in. It was a real form of escapism and storytelling and just everything I love about Taylor's music. So obviously I really loved both of those albums as well. The more I let it sit, the more I think I might prefer Evermore, you know? Yeah, do you know, I actually was on someone's Instagram story the other day. I can't remember who it was, but they basically were doing like a side by side, like pick your favourite and like comparing the like track one, track one, track two, track two 
versus each other and I actually ended up clicking on more of the Evermore songs which kind of surprised me but like I don't know I I think I I kind of knew this last week that it would take a while because folklore was so ingrained in my heart whereas Evermore (laughs) was brand new so I feel like the more it sunk in the more I am loving them but like they're both so incredible. Yeah I feel like with the second album because of the good reception she'd got in the first album and the fact that people had responded well to the storytelling and not based on reality elements of it she really embraced it in the second one and it became just this complete immersion in storytelling and I just really love it so Mm -hmm. that is a musical highlight obviously. So good. But I actually discovered my favourite album of all time this year and it is (gasps) not a a Taylor Swift album. What? I know. Can you guess what it is or not? I I just don't know like what is it? I feel like I haven't talked about it as much as like Taylor Swift but I feel like in the first lockdown I went through a really really tough period of time and every day I went on a walk and I had my headphones in and I just it was my favorite part of the day to just go on a walk and listen to music and I discovered Maggie Rogers heard it in a past life I don't know who that is you need to listen to heard it in a past life it's such a good album it is literally a golden it sounds like it sounds like a good album Maggie Rogers is just a really great is there any artist that you'd say she's like Uh, do you know she has been compared to Taylor Swift like she just creates these really lyrical deeply emotional songs that just have great like beats to them I don't know there's a song on her album called oh oh my god I can't even remember what it's called oh it's called Back in My Body by Maggie Rogers oh that is I would say probably one of my favourite songs of all time it's one of those songs that grows on you because it's quite slow paced okay although I feel like with music you tend to attach yourself to slow songs yeah I do I I love a a slower I'm not like that but this this song is just absolutely beautiful and the whole album is stunning there is no skips and I really enjoyed it I discovered it in pretty early on in the first lockdown listened to it pretty much that's all I listened to in the first lockdown and now it holds a special place in my heart because wow. every single day on those <laughs> long walks I feel like it offered a little bit of a, an escape so that is my musical highlights of the year. I love it. I do feel like music is something that is so tied to time and memories and so when a musical piece has been able to like pull you out of like a particular situation or has brought joy to you in a certain setting it will like forever have that memory for you which is really cool so yeah music is really good and uh taylor swift thank you for 2020 yeah you single-handedly saved it (laughs) we say this as if she's listening (laughs) yeah to our biggest fan t swift (laughs) we appreciate you (laughs) thanks for stopping by (laughs) okay so that is music now before we move into our general reflections on the year I wanted to ask were there any particular moments of the year that stand out as favorites to you now obviously it's been a difficult year but there are a couple of things that are kind of standing out to me as like top quality moments so I just wondered if you had any okay definitely this is really easy for me so in about July, I think it was, I lost my job. And that's not my top <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. I lost my job. It was really cool. I lost my job and it was a sick moment. <laughs> um, no, and it it really did kind of like turn the year on its head for me. And things had already been bleak before that, but they became financially, emotionally, just really, really bleak. And I sent off over 100 job applications and it was such a painstaking process of putting time into something and getting rejected all over the show. I got rejected to be an ice cream scooper. That was another low. <laughs> that is not my high moment. But then the moment when I finally got that call to say my interview had been successful and that I was I had my job as a marketing assistant. Woo-hoo! Like I was so happy. I just bawled my eyes out on the phone. Like that was the moment where it felt like things could get a little bit better and that I could stay in York. I wasn't gonna have to move home. Like things just kind of started to align in that moment and so hands down best moment of the year Yay. what about you okay so there's three one we've kind of touched on Ooh. already right um so the first one was um reaching 10,000 subscribers because that was just like okay. such a dream moment that just felt like so surreal so we've kind of talked about that but that was definitely a highlight for me second was becoming a yoga teacher in June or July I can't remember what month it was now. It was <laughs> some point in this blur of a year. Um, I became a fully qualified yoga teacher and that was my main focus for the first like half of this year. It was training, was learning and studying and f- 
sort of immersing myself in something completely different and then just to officially become a yoga teacher was just so incredible. I actually did cry and I wasn't expecting to. Did you? I didn't know that. There was a like Zoom graduation that we did with everyone and like everyone was just saying such nice things about people and other people were crying and that's what makes me want to cry is when other people cry. So it's like everyone else's emotions were like rubbed off on me and my like stone cold exterior melted away and I, uh, I cried. I was going to say, I just can't imagine you crying. Oh yeah, I do it. I do it. It does happen. <laughs> a rare phenomena. But um, yeah. <laughs> So that was definitely a highlight and something that I had been thinking about doing for a really long time and obviously to see that actually come into like reality was really really cool and then the final moment is one that we had together which was our little trip to London that we took in August. Oh I forgot about I forgot about Wow that. thank you I'm really glad that we went together um, <laughs> but no we were able to go to London in August that was kind of like the lull period between spikes of the virus um, and this was a time when people were able to travel there wasn't really any restrictions other than you know obviously like wearing masks and being sensible but we went down to London together for the day M and I and it was just really nice we got some great food went book shopping and it was just lovely to actually be able to like go out on a little like adventure because it's been a year of being just like very much stuck in one location so to be able to like go out and explore and just have a fun day together was definitely a highlight my only travel highlight of the year yeah I think it also is just like what it represented it's like the culmination of like meeting a friend on the internet going for a very nervy coffee and now we're going on trips together have a podcast together do youtube collabs like it's just great it is great there I would say like a lot of my not necessarily like moments like pinpointing the ideal moment but a lot of experiences I've had that have been really positive this year have been tied to you Aww. how nice is Thanks. that um, I'm trying to get you to cry again I'm goading you it's not gonna happen I don't really it was it was rare for me to happy cry what will usually make me cry is like sad tv shows where someone's like close family member or partner dies and I'm like oh my god this is horrible but um yeah that'll do it I don't usually happy cry so like it was it was purely just everyone else's emotions made me cry so that Um. so it's not gonna happen today I'm sorry to break it to you not to harp back to your crying instead of the happy moments, but yeah, I was trying to see if I could get it out yeah. of you. <laughs> Sorry to let you down. Maybe one day. <laughs> I would have thought that my uh, tear-stained selfies after <laughs> the announcement yesterday might have done it. Might oh, have triggered yeah, yeah, a, I just, uh, crying response I just you. feel bad for you yesterday. It was a sad time. <laughs> it was not a sad great time day. for all. For, any, for anyone else that's still feeling the ramifications of that. I am with you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's difficult, but yeah. Just look back and pick some happy memories from the year. Maybe happy cry and, you know, everything will be Maybe fine. Eat some chocolate. Oh, yeah. Advent calendar chocolate can save the day. <gasps> I've not even eaten mine today. I just remembered. It's 5pm and I haven't even eaten oh, mine. We've been doing calendar. our advent calendars in the evening because I do my tea one in the morning, but then Jay and I like to do them together because we're cute like that. So, um... <laughs> Oh, gag. <laughs> uh, so I will wait till he's like home from work in the evening and then we do them. So we've not done ours today yet either. And now in our final section of today's end of year episode, Kira, what is your final reflections of the year? Any pearls of wisdom you'd like to share? Oh gosh, wow. Um, I am full of wisdom as we all know. So it's difficult to <laughs> no, narrow don't joke. it down. You literally are. <laughs> difficult to narrow it down to just one pearl of wisdom. But um, I think something that has come of this year is something that I was kind of already aware of but had never really been put into practice and that is just how important the little things are. Basically this year has been a year of like enforced minimalism in terms of lifestyle in the sense that you know you are very much confined to one location. Generally speaking we haven't been able to travel, we haven't been able to go out and do a lot of the activities that we would normally do and yet as you will have seen from this episode I still have been able to find so much joy and that's not at all to take away from the struggles that people have faced this year because I know on the whole I've been lucky and I've had a really positive year despite the circumstances but it's more so just to point out that regardless of what situation we may be in we can find joy from little things and that really 
the whole world is so uncontrollable but what we can control is ourselves that's like the only thing that we maintain control over and so being able to turn to those little things that bring you joy whether that's a tv show a call with a friend a new album or a cup of tea or something like that you know there's so many little things that can transform your day and I just think that's really really beautiful and something that as the world starts to pick up pace again I'm going to try and hold on to and remember that whilst you know fancy holidays or expensive trips out or whatever might be really fun and also can be great ways to create memories and have a good time there is also so much joy and happiness to be found in some of the like smaller things I'm going to try and keep that like minimal focus in my life just to you know enjoy what I have right in front of me I really love that I feel like this has definitely been a year when everything has slowed down to focus on the little things Uh, and it is something I will be taking with me in the future as well I feel like in general like to conclude 2020 this (laughs) I was gonna yeah this shit show year Um, I think my biggest takeaway from it is my own resilience mm-hmm. and that I think prior to this year, if you'd have listed the things that were going to happen, I would have thought, I'm not sure that I could deal with that, like in a series of events. Yeah. And actually, I feel like I've come out the other side feeling much more resilient, feeling much more confident in myself, in my ability to like be on my own and to be content on my own because obviously lockdown has meant for a lot of people that they had to like spend time with themselves to deal with uncertain situations because I feel like it's a running joke in my family (laughs) that I don't deal with change well I don't deal with uncertainty well my mom always tells this story of when they changed from my cot to my big girl bed (laughs) and I just I just couldn't deal with it like I cried for like three days straight like I can't deal with change (laughs) so this amount of change in one year I'm just kind of proud of myself for like dealing with that and I think You've done that so well. not to make this all about me because I think that can be extended to anyone anyone that's listening it doesn't have to be big things that you've overcome this year this year has been the year from hell so if you've made it out the other side like be proud of yourself yeah. be proud of your own resilience because I think that's something to be really really proud of 100% it literally is like everyone has achieved a lot this year even though it might not seem it if you were to write it down it's been such an uncertain time that just to have come through the experience is an achievement in and of itself I feel like that's kind of like the sentiment of this year is like if you made it through you've done a great job congratulations yeah pat on the back to anyone patting myself on the back (laughs) listening because we have all done a great job yes And with that little, like, nugget of wisdom, I think we'll bring this episode to an end. This one is coming out just before Christmas, so if you are listening to it prior to Christmas, I hope you have a wonderful time, and if you're listening to it afterwards, then I hope you did have a lovely holiday, regardless of your circumstances, and that, in light of this episode, you were able to find joy and happiness in these small things, and we'll see you next week in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye! Bye!